This is the Six Man Show, an Orlando Magic podcast, with your hosts, Luke Sylvia and Jonathan Osborne, covering all things Magic basketball. By fans, for fans. Go Magic. What's going on, Orlando Magic fans? You guys are back with the Six Man Show. It is May 17th, 2021. As always, I am joined by my co-host, Luke Sylvia. Luke, that sucked. Yeah. The whole season sucked, but it's over. The whole the whole season sucked, but last night didn't. You know? I concur. I, I do mm-hmm. know. I where's your is your uh Pokachevsky, is he like do you have a, a framed picture of him yet? No, but I will never ever as long as I live, especially if this lottery goes our way, I will never forget where I was when he hit that shot and then <laughs> one of their players like a minute later had an alley oop that just sealed the game, I think, with like five seconds left. So if you guys have been living under a rock the past few days, what Luke and I are referring to is last night had huge, huge, huge. massive draft lottery implications. So heading into last night's slate of games, what was that, Sunday night slate of games, the Magic basically were tied with Oklahoma City in the win, loss column, whatever you want to call it. Mm-hmm. And Orlando could not, absolutely could not have afforded to win last night's game. And then once we lost that game, we were really, really rooting for the Clippers to just lay down and die, lose to the Thunder, because then we would have like sole possession of the third pick. And all of that came to fruition. Poku, Alexi Pokashevsky hit a huge three. I think it was like, I don't know, 30, 40 seconds left, something yeah. like that, to put the Thunder up three. And it was like, man, this might actually happen because the Clippers wanted to lose that game. Mm-hmm. It's just, it's kind of, we we haven't really talked about this, but what do you feel about all of these teams It seems like everyone's just trying to get out of the Lakers' way? Yeah, I mean, I can't blame them. I mean, I like, you know, you they, they're the defending champs. No matter how bad they have looked, People are still trying to dodge them. And I don't know that they're trying to dodge them in the long run. Like, they know that the West is still probably going to run through L.A. Um, I think, like, the Clippers, for instance, didn't mind playing – don't mind playing the Lakers if it comes down to the conference championship. However, first round, when you're trying to – you know, you've got guys that have maybe come off of safety protocols. You've got guys that have maybe been resting. You've got guys – you know, there's so many things – that that first round is kind of a tune-up for those good teams. And the last thing you want to do is tune-up against LeBron James. Um, I, I think even LeBron haters can acknowledge that. You, the Clippers do not want any part of the Lakers. Um, and I just think that's that's all there was to it. And so they did a little mini-tank of their own last night and somehow managed to lose to the atrocious Oklahoma City Thunder, who have intentionally been losing for months like I mean for months so yeah I think the Clippers were absolutely dodging having to play LA first round can't blame them that's that's not a team you want to you want to try to warm up against the last few months since the trade deadline as we've kind of made the march to the end of the season has been extremely stressful from an Orlando Magic fan perspective especially if you're hoping that the Magic would lose games and end up with a high lottery pick but especially the last two weeks, so starting last Monday with the win against Detroit, where Steve Clifford was still out, 
Ty Corbin was, you know, coaching and acting as the head coach. And the Magic did everything they could to lose that game in the fourth quarter. It was, you know, like Chase and Randall, uh, Iggy Brazdakis, Mo Wagner, like all those guys were out there. They were trying to lose the game. They ended up winning. And all of a sudden you saw the Magic tumble from like second or third to like fourth, fifth, sixth in mm-hmm. as far as the lottery odds. So heading into last night and heading into this weekend where it was like, Milwaukee, they wanted to win. Atlanta wanted to win. Philadelphia wanted to win Friday night. But then after Friday night, they had clinched the number one seed in the East. And it wasn't really all that clear on whether they were going to care at all about that game on Sunday, which I can tell you they absolutely did not. They literally sat everybody. So going into Sunday, like I did not have a lot of hope. It was, there's a really good chance that we're going to win this game, first of all. Even yeah. if we find a way to lose this game against Philadelphia, we're still looking at Oklahoma City, who just pulled off of one of the most spineless, despicable, pathetic tank jobs that you've ever seen. They were like 20 and 27, uh, like a couple of months ago in March, just a few games under 500, and then won like three games the rest of the year, last night being one of them, telling Al Horford to stay away. Sitting Shea Gilgis Alexander for you know the entire season basically after that point. So the fact that just like I I made a post last night joking that like the stars aligned, but that's exactly what happened. Like the Magic lost. The like looking at the schedule, like oh, there's no way the Thunder are going to beat the Clippers. Sure enough, Clippers are trying to get out of the way of the Lakers, and they just they rest everybody. They lay down a guy named Otero who I'd never heard of before. They said he had thirty. 31 career field goal attempts before last night took 21 shots in that game. So <laughs> he, he they pulled it. out he all the stops. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, they, they, it was interesting because, like you said, I'd, how I thought last night was going to go, I still thought there was a chance the Magic would lose. Thankfully, they did. Um, but there was a really terrible reality where the magic win last night because the Sixers don't care because the last game of the year, why would they don't blame them? Sit Embiid said everybody. Um, and the magic win that game. And then Oklahoma city goes on and loses to the Clippers. There was no part of me. And, and you and I were talking about it, um, uh, last night, uh, Sunday night for reference. I don't know when you guys will listen to this, but, um, you know, where I was texting you saying there's no way that the, I think it was at halftime when OKC, what they were up three or two. Yeah, it was, I think it was like three, but yeah. So I, I texted you and I was like, it, this is a, it, it's chalked. It doesn't matter. They're, they're <laughs> only up three and the Clippers, they're, they're going to figure out a way to win. And, uh, it more so for, felt like Oklahoma city was just going to find a way to lose. Yeah, it definitely felt that way. I mean, thank God for Pokashevsky. Thank was God. going out of his mind last night. I mean, he had to. But, uh, yeah, I mean, you you know, you, the game was ugly, but everybody on the court was playing hard. They, it's not like they didn't, they, you know, those players wanted to be there because they're fighting, you know, essentially they're auditioning for next year, um, some of those guys. You know, obviously, I mean, I'm looking at the box score last night, Jonathan, and the Clippers had eight dudes score double figures. Um, while, let's see, OKC had uh, 
four, but Pokashevsky had 29. Um, who, Josh Hall had 25 and 10. Um, Isaiah Roby had 10 and 5. And then <laughs> that's who it was. Uh, Moses Brown was uh, insane last night, too. He had a double-double. He was 24 and 18 last night. So shout-out to those guys. You know, they, their their front office might have been a little irritated with them after last night, but we weren't. No, absolutely not. I mean, it, it definitely felt good. I mean, if you, all you have to do with OKC is look back to their game last week against Sacramento. So at halftime, like, it's a it's a pretty close game. Actually, the Oklahoma City were – they were leading at halftime and then just completely tanked in the second half, ended up losing – uh, by 16 to the Kings, they were outscored 41 to 18 in the third quarter after leading at halftime. So, but everything worked out for the Magic. I'm glad that things happened the way that they did. We lost, they won. Now we have the third best odds in, in terms of the lottery. Luke, as you know, and, and some other people know, uh, you know, me and my wife were now we're going through the process of you know selling our house and you know hopefully we're you know building a house. Uh, it's going to take a while for that to happen, obviously. But so last Saturday when we just were kind of toying with the idea and we went and, and met with a builder on Sunday, we weren't really sure what we were going to do. We were just kind of testing and, and see how in, how that conversation was going to go. And then yesterday we're sitting here packing and I'm like. If you would have told me a week ago that now we'd be in the process of, of doing this and packing and getting ready to sell our house, like this was not in the cards for me whatsoever. How do you told me when we're sitting there at, at four and zero or at, at four and two or, or six and two that this is how the season was going to play out? Things got rough really, really quickly. Everybody got hurt. Anybody that didn't get hurt was traded, and now we're sitting here and we're just hoping that June 22nd is going to be very kind to us. Yeah, and we're five weeks away from that, too. I mean, that's going to be... That is, that's going to feel like a really long time. Trade deadline felt like it was a long time. This is going to feel like it's a long time. We, we've talked about it numerous times on the podcast and, you know, just talking to each other off the show. And I don't... I don't know how I'm going to make it, Jonathan. I don't know how I'm going to make it to June 22nd without making it, without it feeling like it just crawled by. I'm going to have to hope that I'm just going to have to like make plans with friends, get my mind off of it and, you know, play basketball. I just need to just get me through the weeks. Well, the thing is like, especially like right after Markel went down and, and it was pretty evident that the team was going to be bad. We were like, okay, well, now Evan and Aaron are definitely gone, and we're just waiting for the trade deadline. And that was when we came to that conclusion, it was roughly like, I don't know, six to seven weeks, and it was just every week, well, this is what's going to happen until the trade deadline. Well, we're just going to keep having to deal with this until the trade deadline. Then the team's going to look different. It's going to be a rough couple of months after that, but then we're going to have a top five pick. Next year, we'll still have Vooch and everything like that. At least at that time, we still had games to focus on and, and to watch and just kind of following the team on a day-to-day basis. And that was, you know, kind of preoccupied your mind so you weren't just constantly thinking about it. But now it's like, what are we going to do? Like, what am I going to do? Just watch the Yankees? Because that's the only only sport going on right now on a day-to-day basis. Yeah, of course, like, I'm going to watch the playoffs and stuff. But, you know, following the team, just seeing what's going on with injuries and how guys are feeling and 
practice, post-practice interviews, pre-game interviews, post-game interviews, like watching those things, you know, on, on days off or the day after a game, all that stuff kind of keeps you busy, you know, during the, the, the regular season. Talking to other Magic fans on Twitter on, oh, what do you guys think we should do? What do you think we should do? Blah, blah, blah. Now all we can do is wait. It's going to be, it's like four weeks and five days or something like that, like six hours or whatever it is at this point. And it's the only thing we can do is wait. Yeah. It's a good thing that, uh, you know, maybe this is the silver lining of, of the pandemic keeping us in our house for as long as it did, Jonathan. I mean, we endured some really boring months of podcasting, and I think it prepared us for this moment. Five weeks should feel like nothing to us now because for months we simulated 2K games. Uh, we we just talked about the, the future of the magic. We, we expended every possible magic topic that we could have possibly thought of in those few months so five weeks should feel like a breeze for you and i because we've been here before and we've done this we've done it a lot longer than we're gonna have to do it for the next five weeks yeah i don't know like so just kind of going back to the house so we're gonna be patient's anticipation's a whole other thing well that's the whole thing we're gonna be staying with family for roughly a year while our our house is being built and my wife keeps saying like oh well you know, lately the years have just been flying by. Like, yeah, 2020, uh, like COVID year flew by. Sure, because there was absolutely nothing to do. And then all of a sudden it's like, man, where does all this time go? It's like you get in bed at like 1130 and you're like, you know what? I'm, I'm just going to be on TikTok for like 15, 20 minutes. All of a sudden it's 2 a.m. You're like, where did the time go? When right. you're not doing anything, that's kind of what happens. Right. But when you're just anticipating a certain day or a, a certain event, I feel like it's going to drag by. But, yeah, if there's anybody capable of – just breathing hot air into a microphone for six weeks it's you and me like you and i were born to just sit here and and kill time as we talk as we do every single week hey this episode i luke i'm thinking like 45 minutes this week yeah john that sounds good oh it's an hour and 20 minutes no big deal that's like a (laughs) weekly thing for us so you and i should be fine um we have you know you guys don't know it yet but we've got you know a ton of guests that we're trying to get scheduled and everything right now um you know to, to try to keep us occupied over the next few weeks, but also to there's give some you guys, fun ones in there, guys. Yeah, there's some fun it's ones. It's going to be a lot of fun. Some you know some things that we haven't done before, which, which should be pretty cool. I'm excited, but um, yeah, man, I really feel bad for Luke. I tweeted this out last night because he joined the podcast literally in the beginning of 2020, and we're like, okay, we're going to be covering you know a, a playoff team. Literally, like three days later, the league. Oh, shuts we down. covered a playoff team. We, we did. Covered we did one. cover it a just playoff. Was a matter team. of when. But we no. thought it was going to be much sooner, and probably at least we had like a few more playoff runs before the team was going to be blown up. But then you know it's like okay, now we're four and two, we're doing all right. All right, we're six and two. This is looking good. No Jonathan Isaac, but the team's still balling. And then just everything went to crap so quickly. So, Luke, when you years from now, when we can just laugh about this season, when it's not so fresh mm-hmm. and still painful, and hopefully at that point. We're we're sitting there polishing our Larry Obama. That point. Oh, well, hopefully we're sitting there polishing our NBA Finals trophy, right? Right. When you look back on this season, what what are you going to remember? Like, what are the the takeaways from this season for you? Um, Chuma Okiki is a defender that we get to put next to Jonathan Isaac next year, who we heard players talk about it. Um, 
Kim Birch was one of them before he was dealt um, or before he was waived. Sorry. Um, he was one of them that said like Chumo Kiki just hustles on defense. Like he is, he is, he's a bad man on defense. So we learned that about Chuma this year. Another thing we learned is Cole Anthony is not scared of the moment. He hit two game winners this year. Any rookie, it doesn't matter of what caliber. LaMelo Ball would love to say that he hit two game winners this year. He didn't. Anthony Edwards would love to say he hit two game winners this year. He didn't. Uh, Only thing Anthony Edwards has on Cole Anthony is the fact that their interviews are equally funny. And Anthony Edwards might be funnier. Uh, We won't tell Cole that we said that. But um, we learned that that. as well. We learned a lot about Cole Anthony. I said that. You didn't say that, right? Um, you're you're just more loyal than me. Uh, RJ Hampton, he's one of the f- fastest guys in transition in the league. They tweeted out a list of it the other day. I don't remember who it was, so don't ask me. But it was like a top five, top six fastest guys in the league in transition. RJ Hampton was not up there. RJ Hampton quote tweeted it, basically saying with an emoji implying like, hey, where am I at on this list? And he's right. Um, if he had played the whole season, guess what? He probably would have been on that list because more people would have taken note. Um, but yeah, we, we learned that about RJ Hampton too. He, he, he's quick. Uh, he can, he can score, he can pass, he can rebound. I mean, he, he came close to a triple double, what, twice in the last couple of weeks, um, being one stat away, I think in both instances, um, one rookie of the month. I kind of out of nowhere, maybe I just kind of have been so focused on lottery odds that like, it wasn't like last month with Cole where there wasn't literally anything going on and I was just taking my mind off other things and everybody was talking about those rumblings. Oh, Cole Anthony should win. We made a rookie uh, of the month graphic ahead of time. Um, all that stuff, right? I think and then RJ Hampton comes out today. He wins rookie of the month. I think that was because it was like two weeks. It wasn't really a whole month. And we're like, oh, yeah, they are kind of saying he won rookie of the month when it was rookie of the last right. two weeks. Fair. Yeah. Yeah, so so then we we learned that about RJ. We learned that his upside is higher than maybe a lot of people thought when he was dealt to the Magic. Thanks, Denver. Um, so, yeah, I, I think those were a lot of things that we learned. Um, we we learned that this this team is, is retooling, rebuilding, whatever you want to call it, um, as of what we found out when, when, you know, Vooch, AG, and Evan were dealt at the trade deadline. There's a lot of things we learned this season, Jonathan. Not all of them were good. But those, those, you know, a lot of those things I just listed are good things. And this young core is going to be a lot of fun moving forward. The team might not be the best next year, but they will be a league pass team for a lot of people. Every year, the Hornets were the league pass team this year for a lot of people. The Magic are going to be a league pass team next year because of how young and fun and athletic. I mean, that's going to be a fun group of guys to watch on and off the court next year. So it's been it's just been such a long year. It's honestly been a, a grind. Like starting the podcast, like I, I, in the past, I would probably watch like sixty five, seventy games a year, uh, just because all of March, April, like really didn't matter. You know, in, in regards to you know the Magic being competitive, like the season was over. You know, a lot of the you know Nikola Vucevic, Evan Fournier teams. The season was over in the middle of March, so it was like, okay, you know, if I watch three games this week instead of four, like, it's not that big of a deal, but since starting the podcast, the thing has been like, I'm going to watch every single game, like, if I'm going to talk about this team, I'm going to cover this team like this, 
I need to make sure that I know what's going on and I know what I'm talking about. So the last three seasons now, I've watched every single game. And this year especially was really a grind. Part of it was because of the, you know, compressed schedule. Just it was it was literally every other day we had a game for basically six straight months. You had a you know, the all star break, you had a couple of instances where, you know, there was like two days off, but this was just like really, really a grind. Like at times, especially when the product isn't enjoyable and you're watching the team lose every night, it's like, all right, well, I guess I got to watch the Magic again tonight. And unfortunately, that's how it fell, I'm sure, for a lot of people. But when I look back at this season, it's like you have turning points with a franchise. Like Shaq leaving was a turning point. Like it was the beginning of the end of that era. Like Penny had a, you know, really nice couple of seasons, but then injuries just like completely took him out. And then over the ne- you know course of the next few years, you know, Dennis Scott is gone. Nick Anderson's gone. Eventually Penny Hardaway was gone. And then you have the Tracy McGrady era, mm-hmm. right? And then in 2004, you know, he wants to be traded. You make the trade for Steve Francis. You draft Dwight Howard. That was like another turning point where out of that era. And then it was the Dwight Mayer, 2012. You know, he wants to be traded. And then you bring in Nikola Vucevic. You know, a couple of years later, you draft Aaron Gordon. You trade for Evan Fournier. And then that whole era starts. And then March 25th of this year, where you decide to blow it up, like this is the beginning of a new era. No matter what happens in the future, if we win a championship, we don't win a championship, we're going to look back and be like, okay, we had like the Shaq era, then we had the T-Mac era, then we had the Dwight era, and then we had like the Vooch, Evan, Aaron Gordon, like just kind of mixed bag era. I don't know what we're going to call it Mm -hmm. officially, but you get what I'm saying, but my takeaways from this season is that we've found legitimate rookies in Chuma Okiki, Cole Anthony. We think that RJ Hampton is right there. Wendell Carter Jr. You know, is probably going to be a, a really solid player. Looked really, really good at the start of his Magic tenure. Then there were kind of some ups and downs. I would say I'm probably like 70% sure that he can be a quality starter in the league. Um at least for like a really good team, like for for bad teams, like he's one hundred percent a starter. Like if unless you have a Vooch or you know somebody yeah. like that, but for like a really good team, I'm like seventy percent sure that he could be a a starting caliber center in the league. Mo Bamba, you know, we're not really sure on, but R. J. Hampton is another guy who looks like he could be really really good given the the right opportunity. Now, for years we've talked about oh we've got all these forwards, what are we going to do? And now it's like, oh, well, now we've got all these guards. You know, kind of what are we going to do? But Mm -hmm. the thing that I want, first of all, I just want to say thank you for people that have been listening to the podcast all year and stuck with the team and have been watching all the games like we have. But, like, you can't – I don't feel like we can overstate really how bright the future of this team is. When we talk about all the rookies that we have, we still have Markel Fultz. We have Jonathan Isaac. The last few weeks, we've seen some people talking out of pocket on Markel Fultz's name. Like, I really, you guys are forgetting just how good Markel Fultz is and how good he looked at the beginning of the year. And if he can be in the right situation, I mean, Markel Fultz sharing the floor with Vooch and Evan Fournier and Aaron Gordon, a lot of the times was like the third, fourth option when we were all like, no, this guy needs to be initiating the offense every single play. So if he's given more of an opportunity to do that next year, I still think the sky's the limit for him. We've said this a million times, but if the jump shot gets anywhere near what it was projected to be coming out of college, like Markel Fultz is still going to be plenty, plenty, plenty filthy. Right now, all things considered, I'm still starting a healthy Markel over Cole Anthony. 
There are people out there that are saying Cole Anthony and RJ Hampton are both better than Markel Fultz. You just need to get your head checked. But tough season, man, but it's over. I'm glad that we secured, you know, we've got equal odds. Everyone's like, oh, we've got the third best odds. Like, no, we've got equal odds with Houston, with Detroit. Everybody's got a 14% chance of ending up number one overall. All three of those teams have a 52.1% of ending up in the top four, which is like really like the most important thing. So, Luke, now we are like the whole organization, the fan base, everybody is pivoting towards the draft lottery. And then after the draft lottery, the draft. So like today, I'm already checking to see like now that a lot of the lottery, you know, standings, there's, you know, a couple of tiebreaker situations that the league needs to figure out. But the top three where we're at, that's all cemented. So I started to look at mock drafts today and I think you and I would both agree that if we were at three, the guy is Jalen Green. Some people would say maybe Evan Mobley slips or maybe Jalen Green goes ahead of him. But I'm starting to see Jalen Suggs go number three to the Magic. And I just don't get the like the Jalen Suggs thing over Jalen Green. Now that I know that we've got a top three pick, like I'm going to get deep into all the numbers, all the video, everything like that. See if there's something that I'm missing. But, man, like we're going to have a really strong chance to get our guy, whoever that guy is. Well, so to give perspective, Eric Fawcett, who knows way more than I do about pros- NBA prospects, he does, you know, we had him on the show last year. I mentioned him multiple times, but it's because he, I, I trust what he is saying. I was texting him today. I was telling him, yeah, I would really, you know, I'd really love Kate or Jalen Green. That's what I was saying. That's what I've been saying. That's what you've been saying. Um, and he said, you know, yes, those those two should definitely be who the Magic dream for. And I said, do you what do you think about Mobley and Suggs? Um, and he's and I, I my opinion has been I'm fine with Mobley. Um, I, I think he's a really great player. He showed it in March Madness. I'm not opposed. If the, I wouldn't be mad if the Magic got him. Suggs is a different story. I'm just I would be really irritated about getting Suggs and I and he said to me I don't think Suggs is as good as many people think but he's still good Mobley is really good and then um, I said yeah I don't really care for Suggs comparatively like to the other guys in the top and Eric hit me with this which I didn't expect I said he said I would love him at like 15 but people are just so high on him right now I don't get it Eric relax so at uh, eric fawcett on twitter who (laughs) if you guys don't be mad at Uh, us we didn't say it right i don't know enough about it and five through 15 to say anything that's that's out of pocket he yeah that's crazy and and he might you know kill me for sharing it because maybe he could say i'd i was being dramatic but like no i don't want him he said that off the record could be very well what he, he he did say that off the record but I'm putting it on record right now. Sorry, Eric. Um, so, yeah, I mean, it, that's kind of where, and that just validated how I feel about Suggs. I, I don't care for him. I, 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 I'd rather Moses Moody over him, and and he's projected wow. in the eight to twelve range. So Listen, I, I just, I'm just not high. I'm not high on Suggs. We had a little sidebar today about how like I don't like to comment on things that I don't have like a vast amount of knowledge on because a lot of times you just end up looking like a fool you're saying Moses Moody right now over Jalen so I'm telling you people are gonna be like what the hell is this guy talking about I'm just I'm not saying you're right I'm not saying you're wrong I'm just saying the public perception right now 
is that Jalen Suggs is arguably like a top three talent in this draft. Moses Moody, depending on what you know mock draft you look at, going anywhere from like ten to like thirteen right now. So just saying, just that's that's I'm, Luke's opinion. I'm I'm, I I am I am glad that Luke is able to share his opinion on the podcast. His thoughts are his own. His his standing as a co-host does not mean that I endorse his opinions. Views expressed are my own. Yes, thank you. That's Twitter what I'm bios. looking for. <laughs> yeah, retweets do not mean endorsements, uh, folks. Yeah, y'all y'all can come at me all you want, and uh, that's fine. Oh, Luke loves I'm it at Luke Sylvia ninety six. I love it. I want all of it. So, um, I, I just I especially for the Magic Man, I just don't care for Suggs. I I don't. So please. Lord, don't use your first pick of the draft, if, especially if it's top three on Suggs. Um, but you've talked about it. You know, you get set on somebody every draft, and it just feels like they never take the guy that you wanted. If I'm telling you right now, Jonathan, if the Magic have the second or third pick, screw that. If, if Jalen Green is on the board and Jalen Suggs gets drafted by the Orlando Magic, we're, I'm I'm tweeting at Orlando Magic all night, knowing that they have no part of drafting. I'm tweeting at them all night. I and everybody else will as well. Um, but guys, actually, don't do that because those are nice people that run social media over there at the Orlando Magic, and they have nothing to do with the draft. <laughs> nothing to like I'm being facetious. Jeff Jeff does not I'm have the notifications, but going to his his cell phone. Right, right, and I'm I'm gonna need his personal phone number if you draft Suggs at. If Jalen Green's on the board, it's on site. If you take Suggs over Green, it's <laughs> basically is basically what Luke is saying. But yeah, I think my issue with Jalen Suggs isn't that I don't think he's good. To me, he doesn't jump off of the screen the way Cade does to me, Evan Mobley does, Jalen Green does to me. The other issue is that he's a point guard, and I feel like you you have Markel Fultz, who, when he's fully healthy, I fully expect him to resume the starting point guard role you have Cole you have RJ Hampton you could argue that those guys are more like you know twos or maybe even like a combo guard but I just I I don't see Suggs being the right pick for us like you can talk about best player available and everything like that but when you've invested so much as you have already into the guard position like Markel and and Cole and RJ Hampton and everything like that I see and those guys, you know, are, are probably always going to be a little bit better with the ball in their hands. I see Jalen Green as being a guy who can be really, really good off the ball, can do some, you know, things with the ball in his hands. But yeah, that's still gonna be the pick for me. Evan Mobley, I'm just like I was listening to I think it was I don't I don't remember what podcast it was today. I listened to a few of them, a few basketball podcasts. But they were talking about how it won't really be a big surprise that the Magic are like, I think it was probably locked on Magic. I think it was Phil that was like, Magic probably won't be too upset if they have to move on from Mo Bamba at this point. You know what I mean? Like, he hasn't yeah. shown that he's yeah. going to be the sixth pick. He's going to be set to pay to be paid at the end of next season. And how much are you going to pay him? Do you want him to stick around? If the Magic take Evan Mobley, I'm totally okay with him opening night starting behind Wendell Carter Jr. unless he just totally blows Steve Clifford away during summer league and training camp and everything like that. If you're telling me that he might we took Evan Mobley with the second pick and he, he he's going to start, you know, will come off the bench behind Wendell Carter Jr. to start the year next year, I'm like, "Okay, 
And then probably by the All-Star break, I would expect Evan Mobley to be starting. Because that dude, and again, I don't like to act like I'm an expert on things that I don't have a vast amount of knowledge on. Like, Orlando Magic, fast food, that's basically it. Like, if you want to talk to me about either of those things, like, I can go toe-to-toe with the best of them, I believe. Anything outside of that, I'm like, yeah, I'm probably going to give you the benefit of the doubt when you're telling me things. So I'm going to go and and watch more on all these guys, but... What I saw out of Evan Mobley, the few games and like the few YouTube videos that I watched, some of his like his highlights, this dude is like a legitimate unicorn. Like when we started calling people the unicorn, like Chris Apps Porzingis, because he's a seven footer who can do a little bit with the ball. He's athletic. He can shoot. Evan Mobley is like, like, think of Captain America. I know you're not a big Marvel guy, but you're talking about him before he got the serum. Just this little skinny guy. That's Christos Porzingis. And then Evan Mobley is like the, the Captain America version of the unicorn. Like you're talking about a guy who is seven foot tall that can move like a guard. That's what Evan Mobley looks like. And he's an elite rim protector. Seven four wingspan too. The wingspan is incredible. So if you're telling me that that guy is, you believe he's going to be the best pick for us, I'm not going to freak out about that. Am I going to be a little bit sad that it wasn't Jalen Green? Yeah, probably just because, you know, I've been rooting for that guy to be ours for six months now or whatever, but everyone knows you end up with number one, it's going to be Cade Cunningham. And if you end up with number one and it's Cade Cunningham, then whatever, let's roll. I'll be super, super, super excited for Cade. have had worse problems. We've had worse problems, exactly. We have worse problems currently. Uh, But, yeah, if it's... Oh, by the way, Evan Mobley, just to add to Evan Mobley and kind of the... I could see people getting enamored with him uh, as we get closer to the draft. You know, once lottery happens, everybody is calmed down and is able to really sit down and look at, 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 at you know, the height, the weight, the wingspans, the per game, um, all that stuff. One of the things with with uh, with Mobley Man is, yes, he has a long wingspan, and guess what? That's great for That's great for blocking shots. Mobley averaged 2.9 blocks a game in college. Yeah. I, I, if you are good at blocking shots, that will translate anywhere. At whatever level that that's timing involved, that's everything, and and he's got the timing, he's got the the arms, the wingspan, the height. He's seven foot. He has a seven foot four wingspan. I could see people absolutely falling in love with Evan Mobley once they realize, oh wait, we don't have Nikola Vucevic anymore. There is a slot at the starting spot that I wouldn't be hurt if someone took it. So it, there's there's a lot of things that fans are gonna re, you know get into and realize about Evan Mobley um and, and that's what makes this time so exciting a lot of people have no idea but about a lot of these prospects but come draft night they're gonna have strong opinions one way or the other because they've done their research so that's all I'm saying is guys do your research before you rule out guys like Mobley because he he is a heck of a talent now don't hear me say I don't want Jalen Green over him but I also like Jonathan said wouldn't be mad at the front office if Mobley is who the Magic took that night I think the other part of it, Luke, is guards are just always sexier. Like guys with the ball in their hands, with the game on the line, pull up threes, always. like that's always going to be sexier. And we've said it a few times, so I'm sure there are some people out there that have now done their own research and maybe agree with us a little bit. But like I see Jalen and I see like a shorter Tracy McGrady, right? You and I, I'm we, we said this off the record, but I'm going to put myself on the spot here. So... The other day, I was like, man, all these Magic fans that are so enamored with Kevin Porter Jr., some of, some people wanted us to take him in the draft a couple of years ago. 
Uh, obviously, it didn't work out in Cleveland. He got traded to Houston for a second-round pick. Has like had real flashes of being like an incredible scorer. And people are like, man, why couldn't we have gotten this guy for a second round pick or whatever? When I see when I see Jalen Green and I see people getting enamored with Kevin Porter Jr., who is like probably just like as pure scorer as it gets, I said, I texted to you, I'm like, Jalen Green is a bigger, more dynamic, more polished, less character concerns, Kevin Porter Jr. Prove me wrong. Like he's got that ability that to just go and get you a bucket, but he's taller, he's more athletic, he's a better shooter from the perimeter right now. And if that's the kind of guy that you want, and a lot of people are just dying for the magic to have that, that's why everybody's so enamored with Jalen Green. But there's a lot to like about Evan Mobley. Again, I'm gonna go and watch more film and really dive into the numbers. I believe just from what I've seen that he's a decent shooter. Like, the form doesn't look broken or anything like that. It's not like Alfred Payton. doesn't look like he was, Alfred Payton shooting the ball. But He was pretty – yeah, he, I mean, he, he'll, he I think he took like a, a one-and-a-half threes a game and shot like 31% or something like that. So, like, that can improve, though. We've seen people expand their range, i.e. Nikola Vucevic. Um, and I, if he's already taking threes, then I'm comfortable with, you know, Mobley doing that. And and getting better at that. So yeah, he he's not a he's not a terrible shooter by any means. And there's obviously room for improvement, but that's the case with a lot of these prospects anyway. So, well, I'm going to pull up his college stats right now because you're talking about the the three point percentage. Um, yeah, just one point two a game, thirty percent free throw percentage, sixty nine percent. I don't love that, but again, like the few games that nice. I watched of Evan Mobley, the the shooting form doesn't look broken. Like it it looks like he's pretty comfortable taking those shots so but again you talk about the fact that he's an elite rim protector and yeah I think we're both in agreement that if at three the pick is Jalen Suggs we're going to be pretty upset because I think if you're at four and the pick is is Jalen Suggs that means Cade's gone Evan's gone uh, Jalen Green is gone at that point and then you're really picking between you Jaylen hope that's Suggs what that means and, yeah. and Jonathan Kaminga right yeah yeah absolutely unless there's some crazy Anthony Bennett situation that goes on and a guy just you know jumps up the the the, bo- the draft boards here as we get closer which always happens there's going to be a few guys that rise and then there's gonna be talk about oh is this guy falling and then you after everything is said and done you realize that it was just all all a bunch of bs but yeah, I mean, let me ask you this. Right now, if you're picking at four, would you rather Jalen Suggs or Jonathan Kaminga? Oh, boy. Um, I, I think I want Kaminga. I, I just really don't – I really don't care for Suggs, um, as I've said. I just I just don't. Um, Kaminga had really good outings uh, in the G League, averaging 16 a game. Um you know, didn't didn't shoot great from three, but he was shooting them, right? He he shot twenty five percent from three, on uh, what was it five a game? So the man was chucking threes in the G League, um, but there there's room there to to improve. Um, shot sixty two and a half percent from the line. Um, field goal percentage wasn't great, due in part to you know his three point percentage not being great either. Um, so yeah, I, I it. I think it is Jonathan Kuminga. I just I've really talked myself out of Suggs, um, and in conversations with guys like Eric Fossa who just aren't high on Suggs, 
you know, I that I trust that. And so I, I think I would take Kuminga in that situation. So for me, I think Jonathan Kuminga has the highest ceiling. Um, Kuminga might have just as high of a ceiling of guys like Evan Mobley or, or Jalen Green and things like that. But I think Jalen Suggs has a much higher floor than Jonathan Kaminga. Like right now, if Jalen Suggs is your starting point guard, like I I see a scenario where it wouldn't surprise me if he score you know has like thirteen or fourteen a game right off the bat, you know five six assists and you know makes the you know first all rookie team and is a pretty solid defender and things like that. Jonathan Kaminga, everyone says like this guy is potentially like a defensive player of the year in the future candidate but he's got to put it together offensively and it just feels like we've seen that guy so many times especially in Orlando like this guy is really good defensively he's just got to figure it out offensively and you know Rob Hennigan's thing was I'm going to draft these guys that are really good athletes really good defenders and we're going to teach them how to shoot like they'll learn how to be good shooters and (laughs) it just it did not happen that way so that would be my concern I think because of that I've kind of soured on the prospects where it's like okay this guy is really really great um, you know athletically and and he's going to be a great defender and you know hopefully he'll turn into a at least decent offensive player so for me I I would hope that they would take Suggs at four over Kaminga but um, the thing that everyone's been saying for months and months and months and it's like a five-player draft. So as long as the Magic end up in the top five, they should be okay. But I still think if you end up in the top three versus four or five, like that's it's tiers. Like there's one, everyone says it's Cade. I'm, and then to me, it's Mobley and yeah. Green. And then like the third tier of the top five is, is Suggs and Kaminga. And I think like to me, it's a three-player draft. And then like it drops off a little bit and then it drops off a little bit more. Yeah, I mean, if you go, if the Magic get the fourth or fifth pick, I'm terrified. I'm terrified for a month till draft night because then it's just kind of toss up territory. Like you said, it's kind of a three, th- you know, that that three person draft up front, and then from there on, it's like wheels are off, bets are off. You can take whoever, and to and also to kind of expound on what you were talking about, the question you asked me about, you know, Kuminga, um, Kuminga or Suggs, at that point, I honestly would rather just have Scotty Barnes from from Florida State, who has kind of climbed up draft boards. Um, it pains me to say that I would even consider a Seminole um, to be on the team, but Jonathan hey, Isaac is a Seminole, and uh, I I came around on on Jonathan, so. Um, but yeah, I, and, and Scotty Barnes. Don't get me wrong; he's not a prospect I'm really interested in either. He can't shoot, and and that's kind of the biggest thing. He is six foot nine though, um, and he's played the guard position at Florida State. So, if you're telling me him or Jalen Suggs, I'm taking Scotty Barnes. Um, and, and Eric Fawcett really soured you on Jalen Suggs. Well, I already didn't want to hear this, about this Jalen dude. Suggs. Is like I, I, just, I don't even care for. This dude has spoiled like milk. <laughs> I don't. I don't even care for. I don't even care for Scotty Barnes like that either. But Scotty Barnes is a guard. He's six foot nine. He averages almost as many steals a game as the Suggs did when they averaged. I think Suggs was one point nine and um, Barnes was one point five. Um, he's athletic. All those things. And and like I said, I don't really care for Scotty Barnes either. 
um, in the top five range. But uh, but if I have to, I'll choose Scotty Barnes over Jalen Suggs and Jonathan Kaminga. Well, I must say, I, I did I, not I, think yeah. that the Magic taking Scotty Barnes with a top five pick was going to come up at any point during this episode. So, again, <laughs> I am not prepared for this. I, we're going to table this. We will come back next week, yeah. and then I can be like, oh, yeah, you know, mm-hmm. I kind of see what you're sc- saying about Scotty Barnes. I can be like, are you out of your damn mind? So we will table that, <laughs> and we'll come back to that next week, Luke. The other thing that we haven't really talked about is the Chicago pick, which right now, New Orleans, Sacramento, Chicago, all finished the season at 31-41. and 41. Right now they're like s- slated for 8, 9, and 10. So after the lottery – um, if all three of those teams end up out of the top four, which right now they have a 20 each team uh, that we just mentioned has a 20.3% chance of ending up in the top four. So it's probably we could say it's likely that neither of those three teams will end up in the top four. Uh, and if that's the case, then the league is basically going to do um, coin flips to see who is going to finish where. So that Chicago pick right now could end up as low as 10th. Um, it could also end up as high as eighth for us. So that's going to be another thing kind of to, to keep our eye on. So now that we're talking about the draft lottery position and what's going to happen once that's actually ran, so I'm going to go ahead and share my screen here like we've been doing each week. Don't ask me about the helmet. The helmet's all the way on the other side of the house right now. I literally chucked it into well, the yard threw it last out, night. out of your house last night. So, I, I was just yeah. so happy that the tank was over. So can you see my screen here now? Also, yeah, I can. And before you spin this um, – Basically, the for people that don't maybe understand how lottery works, uh, I'm sure a lot of you do. Uh, but if you don't, the magic, the lowest that the magic can go is seven from the three spot. Now, that would mean that, and Jonathan, correct me if I'm wrong, that four of the teams, that four teams would jump into the top four that weren't there if the magic aren't getting that fourth top four spot. Is that is that correct? Yeah, if the Magic don't end up in the top four, there would have to be four teams that w- were supposed to finish either five or lower that would have to jump into right. the top four. I think there's something like a 7% chance of that happening. Of all four? Of, of the Magic of the magic falling to seven, I think there's like a 7% chance of yeah. that happening. So, right. I mean, and, seven and, is and not a lot, but... In the top five. Odds of picking in the top five is 66.9. Um, and also keeping the Bulls pick, there is a 79.8% chance. Which is really funny, Jonathan, because and before you spin it, um, because I look at that and I'm like, man, 66.9 of a top five pick, that's not, that's not, I wish it was higher than that. Oh, yeah. And then you look at the Bulls and it's like, odds of keeping their pick is 79.8. Man, that, I don't know. I don't feel... I don't feel good about it, even no. though like you should feel good about an, no. almost an eighty percent chance of keeping a pick. There's just so much like mental gymnastics that goes on when it comes to draft lottery, and not knowing and not feeling good about certain things about your team. Um, I mean, you know, you you tell people what Magic's chances or odds are at, at three, and people that aren't too familiar with percentages in, in the lottery will be like, "Man, I thought." Man, I, I thought the Magic would have a greater than a 52% chance, basically a coin flip chance of getting a top four pick, having the third worst record in the league. And it's like, nope, this is this is what we're doing. So, Jonathan, let's uh, let's send that lottery. Yeah, anytime you start to mention that, like I just get like my stomach just really starts to feel sick. 
Like, man, we did all this. We're so excited. We're so happy. But we still have a 48% chance that we end up outside of the top four. <laughs> so, all right, we're going to go ahead and run this. The rules are you run the lottery sim once. If you run it any more than once, then don't bother sharing your results because it doesn't really matter. So right now, Orlando is slated to be third. 52.1% chance of ending up with the top four pick. 14% chance of the number one pick overall. Chicago is a 20.3% chance of ending up in the top four, which the Magic absolutely do not want. And they also have a 4.5% chance of ending up with the number one pick overall. So here we go. We're going to sim the lottery. Oh, my goodness. So in this, the Magic ended up sixth because Sacramento and Houston both jumped into the top four. Sacramento had a 20.3% chance, just like the Bulls. Sacramento and Minnesota. Sacramento and Minnesota. Minnesota had a 37.2% chance of jumping into the top four. Chicago ended up 10th. So Magic would have six and Um, 10 in this uh, lottery here that we just simmed. Well... So if this were to happen in real life, the the T Wolves and the Houston Rockets would be just just going insane because yeah. OKC has Houston's pick this year, but it is top four protected. So if Houston is in the top four, they keep the pick. It's a similar. It is the same thing as the Bulls, right? But but the Rockets have much better odds of being in the top four. Um, so Houston would be just wiping the sweat off their forehead in relief if they stay in the top four. Minnesota, they the Golden State Warriors have their pick this year, and it is top three protected. And Minnesota jumping from what was it was it six best right now? Yeah, odds to to second. Um, they would be very happy about that, and also is. The the funny part of that is Minnesota. I was convinced they were going to get you know be tied for the best odds, and then like you mentioned, oh, you don't think D'Lo coming back is going to help them that much, and boy did he. So now Minnesota is in a, probably one of the worst positions in the draft because they were and the, and the fans are probably just sick to their stomach because they were had the worst record in the league for a long time, and now they don't. Golden State has their pick. So uh, top three protected though, so they need to jump into the top three to even keep that pick. So th- there's a lot of storylines that are going to happen on lottery night to look for that we probably won't even process until we're done processing the, where the magic landed and where the bulls pick landed. But there are a lot of teams and fans that will be just as stressed as us. So Luke, I think the craziest thing for me on draft night, wherever I end up, or lottery night, wherever I end up watching the lottery is going to be trying to keep all of the teams like in order when you know the what's his name mark the deputy commissioner of the league i forget his last name when he comes out and starts listing these teams in order you know tatum. it's supposed to be mark tatum there we go it's supposed to be memphis yeah. and indiana then some mix of S- san antonio charlotte chicago sacramento new orleans toronto minnesota okc cleveland orlando detroit houston when a team gets skipped that means they jumped into the top four. Any team jumping into the top four is going to be bad for the Magic. So if somebody skips, I'm going to be like racking my brain trying to look at the order. Like, okay, did they <laughs> yeah. they jump us? Are we, did we end up second? Did we end up third? Are we even in the top four anymore? Like, that's just going to be so terrible. 
and it usually happens. Somebody ends up jumping into the top four. It's just it's freaking random. So it's it's just you know there's a really good chance that something crazy is going to happen. So that night is just going to be so terrible. Like if you told me that these are the odds and this is how it's going to break down, I'd be like, okay, I'm good with that. We get the third pick. I'm fine. Don't need to run the lottery, but it's going to be a heck of a night. Yeah, because like you said, there's there's teams that can jump into the top four that weren't supposed to be there. And matter of fact, as we've talked about previously, that happens a lot. And it has happened in the last, um, you know, since the lottery odds have changed, was that three years ago? Um, so it, it's not unheard of. And you think about it, and it's like, yes, when 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 somebody has low odds, um, like, let's see, uh, Toronto having a what thirty one point nine percent chance of drop jumping into the top four, you'd think, oh, there's not a great chance that's going to happen. But when you factor in the fact that like Orlando, Detroit, Houston to have like what twenty uh twenty percent better chance is that right is my math right? roughly i think so yeah like 20 20 plus percent better chance that's really not that much it, it, when it when you grade it out right like usually when things happen where like people win a lottery it's like every that's just not gonna happen but with this it's like everybody's got such like houston detroit and orlando have such terrible odds considering they're the worst in the league it's not favor like it is favorable by a couple percent that they get you know a top four pick, but it is just kind of insane to think about that like the Magic only have a fourteen percent chance of the number one overall pick and they're sharing the best odds. Well, this so is the thing. There's just so many different outcomes that can happen. Here's the thing about us being so stressed out the last couple of months, the last couple of weeks is all this stress is. You look at these odds and you're like, oh, that was all literally for nothing because it doesn't matter. We still right. it's a coin flip. Yep. whether or not we're going to end up in the top four or not. And anybody that you ask, roughly, for the Magic, this draft is going to be a disaster if we don't end up in the top four. So, I mean, I don't have a quarter on me right yeah. now, but we could literally say, hey, heads or tails, whether or not this is going to be a disaster. <laughs> I don't feel great about that. Yeah. So, even though we have no control over it, there's nothing that we can do. People were getting mad about wins. They were celebrating losses. There's still nothing that we can do. It's so stupid. And this is the way that the league wants it because <laughs> they don't want teams to be, oh, we're just going to be as bad as possible, and then we're going right. to end up with a top pick because you can go through all of this, you know, your team lose, especially if you're doing it for the entire year, like uh, Minnesota or, you know, like Houston for the better part of the year. Like, it can be detrimental to your young guys. We have saw that in the Rob Hennigan rebuild where, you know, guys just didn't end up being any good because they didn't learn how to play winning basketball. Look at, like, Alfred Payton or Mario Hazonia, right? Like, those guys didn't develop great habits. The only habit Alfred Payton developed was getting triple doubles in March and April when it didn't matter. When it didn't matter. Right, and he's, like, barely yeah. a starting caliber guard in the league now. So all of this could very well have been for nothing, and it's going to take five weeks to figure that out. But I'm hoping that we are going crazy and celebrating June 22nd and especially so July 29th because it this has been a really rough year. It has not been a great 10 years to be a Magic fan. And I would really like to see this team competitive again, a contender again, possibly win 
a championship. Like that would just be absolutely incredible. I didn't get this tattoo on my arm, you know, for fun. Like I'm hoping to add a Larry O'Brien on this right arm someday. And it would be really, really, really great if the Magic <laughs> could find the guy that's going to be able to do that this July. And we won't have to worry about tanking for like another 15 to 20 years. That would be great. Yeah, I'd love to not have to tank for a long time. I don't really want to ever like do for, this like, again. It wasn't particularly high fun. school by the next time we're tanking. Like, oh, yeah. you guys are in for it. The last time that we tanked. Oh, man. <laughs> All right, brother. Anything else? No, I think that's it. All right. So right now, you know, we kind of alluded to it at the beginning of the podcast. Luke and I, we have, I don't know, six or seven episodes planned, probably close to as many guests planned. So, um, yeah, just be on the lookout for that. I think we're really starting to get into the point where we're scheduling all of those and kind of seeing how all that's going to work out and stuff. So don't go anywhere, Magic fans. I know there's not basketball to talk about, but there's going to be plenty of entertaining episodes as we go throughout the offseason leading up to the lottery and then after the lottery leading up to the draft. And then we'll talk be talking about Summer League and everything like that. So even though there's not going to be games every week, you can still listen to, to me and, and, and Luke just kind of shoot the breeze, talk Orlando Magic basketball. We're going to do our best to keep it fun and entertaining and everything like that. Hopefully you guys, as much as you guys like the Magic, hopefully you guys just like us personally, and that will keep you coming back and listening each week. That would be really something. So, All right, um, that's going to do it for this week. For Luke, this has been Jonathan. You guys are listening to The Six Man Show, and we will catch you guys next time. See ya. Thanks for listening to The Six Man Show. Be sure to subscribe on iTunes, Spotify, Google Play, and Stitcher to get new episodes downloaded directly to your phone. Please take a minute to give us a five-star rating and a review. It would really help us out a lot. Follow us on Twitter and Instagram at Six Man Show and like us on Facebook. We'll catch you guys next time. Go Magic!